There's no keyboard warriors here, just the usual worthless, ill-informed opinions. Welcome to the Wanderer podcast. This is the Wanderer podcast. Many thanks for downloading. It's very much appreciated. I'm your host, Phil Slatter. We are on Twitter at Wanderer Podcast if you want to give us a follow. All of the podcast main providers carry this pod. So if you do like us, then do please spread the word. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Simon Hall. Evening, Simon. Good evening, Phil. How you doing, mate? I'm very well. Are you okay? Very well. Very well. Long time no speak. Well, indeed. Yeah. Part of the games. <laughs> has been a bit of a while since we were last in the pod. With indeed. A lot of Saturday, Tuesday games, and now we do have a little bit of a break. Coming up, we are going to be looking at the previous few games regarding Wickham Wanderers, the ups and downs of the team. And we are also going to be discussing the new ownership structure, or the proposed new ownership structure with the Keurigs and Wickham Wanderers Trust. Now, we are recording this the day after the 1-0 defeat away at Cheltenham Town. Alfie May's first half strike was enough for Town to seal all three points. And Wickham now have a little bit of a break, courtesy of a terrible performance in the first round of the FA Cup. All in all, though, it's a bit of, been a bit of a funny time for Wickham Wanderers. The past eight games have seen four wins, two draws, two defeats. By no means terrible. And as we go into our, our winter break, I suppose, we sit 12th in the League One table, five points from the playoffs, and a nice, healthy 11 points from relegation where the final relegation spot is sadly filled by Milton Keynes but there we go can't have it all it has been weird though hasn't it Simon I mean like we said the results haven't been too bad they've not been too good but nonetheless it's all felt a little bit odd and a little bit flat recently watching Wickham isn't it flat is a word isn't it and actually when you mention the results then weirdly they when you say them back to me they, they're better than I expected purely because it's been very flat actually and I think it feels like it's probably been a lot worse than it has been. I mean, we haven't, the games that we've won, we haven't won convincingly, I would say. We've not been playing a flowing football, but we. But maybe I'm saying we played last season. I certainly think we played last season. Feels like a long time ago now, but it does feel like we're a very different side this season. Um, and actually, I think the inconsistencies is difficult because as 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 fans you're expecting a certain team every week and we don't know what Wickham's going to turn up you know Forest Green game for all intents and purposes we played well that was a sort of Wickham we wanted to see and then the Cheltenham game so I'm talking only about the last two here but I mean I could also talk about the Cambridge game in the same vein I think it was it was who is this team we're watching it was it was it was a Wickham but we've become very not used to watching I think as as old fans we know what we used to play like that certainly and be a bit more inconsistent no, it's a Wickham way sometimes you don't know who's going to turn up but when the Kuhigs came in we've been very lucky and fortunate to be presented with some great football and some great results and this is almost a bit of a reality check in many ways 
we're seeing we're falling back on on old habits i guess it, in, it is that inconsistency though isn't it i mean yes from one week to the next and throughout this season it's been we've won one then we'll lose a couple then we'll draw one then we might get a couple of wins and then we'll draw and it's just sort of it's constantly stuttered and it's not been terrible we haven't had too many sort of losing streaks but then we haven't we managed to put together two or three sort of winning streaks and maybe one of the reasons it does feel flat is that the home performances haven't been too good we had that draw with Morecambe the draw with Port Vale the defeat yeah. to Cambridge the games you alluded to as well as that awful performance against Warsaw whereas the away form we won three in a row and you have to go back to the victory over Peterborough for the last time we won at home which feels a while ago now and before then, we beat Oxford away. So those two games, we thought, okay, here we go. We're starting to, we're starting to put some mm. good performances, two good results, and then we went and played teams who we should have beaten, and didn't get we didn't get the results that we should have got, which I mean, is I, which is I very really frustrating. Felt, yeah, I really felt after the victory of Milton Keynes, I looked at our run of home games: Morecambe, and then we said Cambridge, um, and then Port Vale. Port Vale, yeah. And I thought. Okay, we got. I really genuinely thought we were going to be in the and plus Cheltenham and Forest Green. I really You're thought we were going to be. I thought we were going to be in the playoffs come December. I thought we would be sitting yeah. down tonight talking about Wickham's being in a playoff position. And as yeah. it stands, we're only five points off the playoffs. But well, the defeats are. You don't expect to win every game. You know you're going to have the odd bad performance. But the the draw with Morecambe that was really disappointing. The draw with Port Vale, we did that was in many ways probably the worst performance of the, that sort of run of three home league games and then losing to Cheltenham. If we had won just two of those games we lost or, or beaten Morecambe and, and Cambridge, then we would be sort of maybe not quite and, in the playoffs depending on goal difference, but certainly around that level. But it is that inconsistency, but it's inconsistency within the games. And yeah, I don't think we've put in a bad full 90 minutes in recent weeks, yet at the same time, we can't seem to put in a full 90 minutes of decent football. Morecambe no. being a prime example. First half, I thought we were well on top of them. We were 1-0 up. Okay, half-time. Yeah, we'll go out. We'll get a second. We'll be fine. We started the second half quite brightly. Uh, their keeper made a very good save. And Morecambe were, they were a bit disjointed and they, they had a breakaway and had a shot and their fans were chanting, we've had a shot, we've had a shot. They were chanting, you don't know what you're doing at Derek Adams. And yet we just started to then regress into ourselves and started to cling on. And I thought, okay, we might, we might just see ourselves over the line. And then they got probably a deserved equaliser at the time. And that was just frustrating. So we sort of played well for about an hour. Similarly with Cambridge, we played okay in the first half. We were 2-1 down, but the second half was poor. Even going back to that Peterborough game where we were terrible for 40 minutes, maybe 40 minutes plus, somehow got an equaliser just before halftime. And then the second half, we played well. And it's just throughout the season, can you honestly put your finger and say, right, that performance, maybe Barnsley away, but that performance from beginning to end was a really good, solid performance. I think you'd struggle to do it. I'm looking through now, seeing if I can see one that sticks out as, no, I think you're absolutely right, mate. And it must, it must be incredibly frustrating for Gareth to manage as well. Um because he's, he's getting his inconsistency and he doesn't know what, what team's going to turn up. And you, um, I mean, I, you, you, I, could, you could argue maybe Forest Green, we played well for 45 minutes and we're 2-0 up, so you then dig deep in the second half. Yeah, That's understandable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe yeah. we would have done the same against Morecambe. But I think this is where the frustrating lies. And you mentioned Gareth getting frustrated, but where's it going wrong tactically? I mean, is it his, well, indeed. Is it his in-game management? And there's been a lot of talk about his substitutions and... Yes. Maybe not just the type of substitutions, but the timing of them. 
And that Morecambe game, he didn't bring Hamlin on until about 15 minutes to go, mm-hmm. by which point Morecambe had changed their, their approach and they were on top. And why didn't that happen when we were on top on 60 minutes? And you can make five subs now. So why isn't he doing making these changes earlier? Yeah, and, and it, you know, it's unfortunate that this has been talked about for quite a long time, really. And it seems to, yeah, it, it does seem to be a bit of a bit of a question mark or a bit of a hole there in terms of his his management in game and it, it, it none of us want to 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 look at faults with the manager particularly a manager being so loyal to the club but of course you know you need to look at where we can improve where he can improve his in-game management and that certainly is something that you know that the games have shown where he could have made better substitution could have made better decisions which could have changed the game you know for us and and it hasn't done so therefore we, we, it's only right that we discuss it well, um, i think it's, it's absolutely fair it's, it's perfectly possible it is. to stand and say we love gareth ainsworth he's done a great job he's not doing a bad job at the minute i don't think um no. that's a debatable point in, in some respects but we're not in a terrible position he's done a wonderful job he is a great manager we all love him but you can still question his Decisions and still question his tactics. Absolutely fine to, to be both those things. We seem to live in a world where you're either one or the other. You're like, no, in Ainsworth we trust. Actually, no, Ainsworth's got to go. He's taken us as far as we can. Well, no, hang on. There's got to be a balance to these things. You've got to sort of look at it from both perspectives. And you know, I absolutely don't believe, but I won't entertain the notion that he should be sacked now. I think that's absolutely no. ridiculous in our position and the results that we're getting. But Nonetheless, I do think that given the quality of the squad, I think we should be playing a bit better than we are. And I do think that the quality of the squad is the thing that's getting those results at times. Good case in point, perhaps being the Port Vale game, where we didn't play particularly well, but moments of quality from players like Mimetti and Wing are the two things that, that saw us get a point in that game. It's, I mean, it's interesting you touch on it, because actually I was going to... And I think you make a good point, but I was going to say the polar opposite because I, I remember last time we had a podcast. Seems like the beginning of the season, it may may well have been, and we were actually discussing the signings that had been made, many of which were youngsters. Damani Mella being an example of that, um, and whether or not they're the, whether or not they're the sort of signings which are going to take us to where we want to go compared to the previous season. We brought in Tafazoli, uh, we brought in Vokes, you know, guys that are going to make a difference. Now, Mawson, following on from our, our podcast, I think signed very quickly, to be honest, and that is a statement signing. But I do think, actually, many of those signings that he has made have not paid off, dare I say. Yes, they're youngsters. Yes, they need time. But um, but I think our position in the league is is a, is a, is a, is a representation of probably the, the, the signings that we made. Or is he looking to build? I mean, we did say looking to build? This, this could be a transition season. I we did say that. That's true. Be competing up near the top. I think. Yeah. Our league position. I was hoping it would be slightly better off. I mean, as I said, you know, we're twelfth in the table. I would have perhaps hoped to have been in the top ten at this point as a minimum. So we're a bit below where yeah. we hoped and maybe expected. But nonetheless, you know, are those players for the future and? It's that's an easy thing to say if they don't perform, though, isn't it? But in reality, true, he, true. he thought there'll be players that would perform. Because these are players that have not come. I mean, as I, I use Damani Mello as an example, he's come for United. He's had a he's had he, you know he's had a good education there. I mean, Ainsworth was signing him and hoping he would hit the ground running. If I'm being honest, but and it, and 
but you know as well as that they are youngsters and you can use that excuse if you want to use it call it an excuse and say we are building but i think hand on heart angel was hoping it but they'll make an impact straight away to be honest i mean we've had a bit i of have no proof of that of course yeah we've had a bit of uh, misfortune with injuries and i think it's fair to say you can't use injuries at the end of the season. If you say, well, why didn't you make the playoffs or why didn't you finish where you expected to finish? And you say, because we had injuries, that doesn't wash. But I think it can be relevant within sort of spells within games when you are missing two or three players. One of the criticisms when we lost to Derby was that we had to chuck Farino up front. But at that point, and someone said, why don't we make another signing of a striker in the summer? But at that point, we had Vokes injured, we had McCleary suspended, we had Hamlin injured, and it was, well, you know, this is what Where we left Where do you draw the line? With. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You sort of say, yeah, well, we could sign another five or six strikers, but, you know, when you've got a fully fit squad, where would that striker fit in? And, you know, the, the budget isn't big enough to have this, this huge pool of talent, if you like. Um, but nonetheless, um, I, I think that one thing I would say about injuries is, Josh Scowan has been out. But it's not just him. We've also had Dominic Gape out. We've also had Curtis Thompson out. And in recent matches, we've almost been playing without that position, haven't we? Without that holding midfielder. And we've had to have Nick Freeman fill in there. And so we've lost his creative outlet. And that has been massively relevant. And yes, I mean, losing I... Scowan is bad because he's a good player. But losing, not having, you know, having two backups that are also back out. That is Where's Thompson? Luck. What happened to Thompson, by the way? He's, Where's he? I think it's still. A, I mean, he's he's always been injury prone, isn't he? And uh, yeah, um, I true. think cruciate. You know, you hear talk of January. You don't know how right that is. Um, <laughs> how accurate those reports are. I mean, I, I'd expect him to feature in the second half of the season because he's a very good player. But mm. you no, know, to I I think there was one game I was walking up to and I thought, please can we have Scowen back? Please can we have Plymouth? Please can we have Scowen That's back? I mean, the team news came through. Not only was Scowen not back, but Gape was injured as well. And it just yes. got worse. And that is said something that, that we've yeah, massively, has massively affected us recently. And yet we've still managed to pick up some results. Yes. I mean, you only realise how important Scowen is when he's not there, right? He he does he does little things right, doesn't he? He he's yeah. he's the engine for the team. That's that's absolutely right. Without really um, scoring or assisting very many at all. Yeah. But Michael, but Michael Carrick or someone like that, if maybe that's a bad example. But, you know, someone like that doesn't really get the, the um, praise that they deserve. Uh, having said that, you know, I know lacking match fitness, et cetera, et cetera, but it, him and another player who I think we've missed was Tafazoli, both who featured against Cheltenham, right? So we yep. had arguably a, the, the best starting eleven we've had for a long time. Yeah, we we played badly, but I mean, maybe that's maybe that's pretty unfair because they were lacking match uh, practice, really match all, fitness. All the changes, but I do think Tafazoli is a big miss as well. I think he has been as good as as much as I like Farino. I think he's still a young lad; he's still learning his trade. But, and actually, putting uh, pressure on his shoulders is quite a lot. And Tafazoli is, is gets for goals. We miss for goals and the height from Tafazoli. But actually, let's be honest: we haven't been get we haven't been putting games away. You touched on that already, and actually, Tafazoli. Um, his height from corners, he, he I, I couldn't tell you how many goals he's got, but it feels like he's got quite a few, of which we definitely missed uh, in the last few games. Like Morecambe, use an example, we should have had that game away. Someone like Tafazoli would have been really helpful there. But at the same time, you're, you're talking about Farino's been in and then Tafazoli's been in and then we had Grimmer covering at centre-back. Yes, yes. No matter how good the players are, 
all the changing yeah can't help it doesn't no. help because you're not playing as a unit and i think there's been too many uh forced changes that definitely hasn't helped with our rhythm uh, yeah. and maybe and that's why i say that you can't use that as an excuse at the end of the season because there will be a point when we do have a fully fit squad to pick from we can play the same team every week and that yeah. will be when we can really be judged um, well, one thing about the results being good is that we haven't been playing particularly good opposition. You mentioned Forest Green, bottom of the league. Absolutely. Cambridge are about mid-table, same as Port Vale, but Morecambe are struggling. Cheltenham not doing too well. MK Dons, who we beat, and Oxford, although they've massively improved recently when we beat them, they were down near the bottom. So it was a fairly easy, if you like, run of games. Uh, and we, that's why I think we would have perhaps hoped for more points than we've got. 100%. Absolutely. Yep. Completely and just, agree. I mean, and the, the games we've got coming up, I know we're going to touch on that later in the pod. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, Phil. They're tough games. Absolutely. They're tough games. And of course, I know we generally, as... history suggests we raise our game against the bigger teams, but still, you know, we put ourselves under increased pressure, haven't we? It's but we'll funny, touch on that later. The, I funny, the funny nature of football. I mean, we played, I felt yes. we played much better in the first half against Cambridge and we were 2 1 down yeah. than we did in the first half against Peterborough. A better That's side right. with a poor away record, it must be said, uh, where we, we were 1 1. But on the subject of that, I think there's also a frustration that we're not getting some of the breaks, we're not getting some of the luck. And I think that that is coming through from some of Ainsworth's comments. He talked about the ball not quite falling for us against Cheltenham. He's been discussing referees a bit more than he usually does. Uh, certainly against Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, and he, he very rarely does that. Um, mm. Against Cambridge, their first goal should have been ruled out for a push. It wasn't. And then we went up the other end, equalised. That was ruled out for a very dubious-looking push. Maybe we could have had a penalty before Cambridge then retook the lead towards the end of the half. Equally against Morecambe, Vokes scored a goal that seemed to all intents and purposes to be absolutely fine. And yet it was chalked mm. off for a push. And even the Morecambe players didn't appeal for it. I'm not convinced about the Morecambe ball crossing the line, but you can't tell. You've got to take the linesman's view on it, but maybe there was a pull on Strayek. Again, we don't know. There was a disallowed goal at the end of the Morecambe game as well from Hanlon that I think was a foul. But it's just felt like we were sort of looking down and kicking our heels when these things don't go our way. And I did see a moment, I think it was against Port Vale, because I know Vokes was having his shirt really pulled throughout that game. When he in the middle of the pitch, he jumped up for a header and then he leaped forward with his arms out as if he'd been pushed. And I thought, he's trying to get a free kick there. He's getting so frustrated with having these goals chalked off and having his shirt pulled and the referee not doing anything about it that he's got irritated and he's now looking for free kicks. And mm. it's never a good sign because it is frustrating when these he's things had a, Folks has had a frustrating season, hasn't he? You know, Absolutely, with injury as well. Bits. Um, he's he still, had very, still managed to chalk with a few goals, but he's, unfortunately, he's getting he's getting his he's getting a bit of stick as well, isn't he, at the moment, folks? But yeah, well, we're not getting goals. Unfortunately, he's going to fall on his shoulders. But he was so mm. good last season. You know, he had such a good season last season. But what you know, as as, as is, fans, is he, we expect the same again. Is he getting the service? I mean, well, the player, the same players are there, aren't they? Yeah, uh, this is this is true. But I just think the work, the worst thing we can do right now is when we, these things don't go away is just sort of look down and kick our heels because you've got to be accountable and like yes. we said that Morecambe game yeah we didn't get that second goal but you just have to forget about it and you've got to look at what we did right and what we could have done better to win that game and there were mm. 
question marks about the way we played. But mm. in some respects, though, just looking over the previous seasons, if we go back 2014 when we beat Torquay, the following season we got to Wembley against all expectations. That was a great season despite the disappointing ending. The following season was mid-table. We had an OK Cup run, but that was a bit of a flat one, and that's the one everyone forgets. Year after that, uh, two good cup runs just missed out on the playoffs. In 2018, we were promoted. 2019, we stayed up in League One for the first time. 2020, promoted again. 2021, uh, in the Championship, made a real good fist of it. And then last season, we made the playoff final. And with almost every single season, with the exception of that 15-16 um, season after we lost to South End, mm. has been positive and there's been things mm. to take from it. And yeah. it feels like we're back there again, doesn't it? It just feels like this is going to be a bit of a ho-hum, humdrum season. We're out of all the cups, which was really disappointing. I still don't know why the Mechie didn't play against Warsaw. I think he should have been in that game, get that mm. game won and then take him off. Don't sort of rest him on the bench, play your best team. But that's not beside the point, but that's not really what the point is here. And I, I just think we're, we're in that losing a playoff final in 2015, we then had a following season mid-table, and the same thing's kind of happening again. So it does seem to be following that same pattern. I mean, in, a, in a higher league, in a higher league, and and um, I think most fans would would take mid-table the way we're playing at the. Is that the right thing to say? But I think they would. I mean, having said that, you know, we're, only, we're not even at Christmas yet. We still got we still got a few more games to go till Christmas, and so there's a long long way to go still. And it does feel like we haven't necessarily taken off this season properly and there's some players that have still got a point to prove um i think i think one player but certainly has is mimetti i mean he's had a, he's actually rather unfortunate for him is that he's had a brilliant season compared to, <laughs> compared to everyone else who hasn't necessarily mm. um yeah like you say you i win, think i win think a couple of games and we could be right back exactly exactly and the thing about wickham and you can i'm sure every, every fan says about my own club is is um is there's always they keep they keep you guessing, and Wickham certainly does do that. It's, it's always goes to the last game, always an exciting climax. So, so I wouldn't want to rule this season off at the moment. But if we continue down the way we're playing for the rest of the season, then, then yes, it's going to be a unfortunately it's going to be a bit of a dull affair. But it's more about the performances, though, isn't it? I mean, yes, I mean, it is. even yes, when it we is. went bottom of the league under Ainsworth, bottom of the entire football league in his first season. I remember we lost to Northampton and we bottom of the league, but there was still a feeling that actually we're not playing that badly. We're just not quite getting the break. And, we, and then I think we won the next three that lifted us yes. up and we went on this, yes. this run and even looked like we might make a late shirt surge for the playoffs that season, but it didn't happen. But nonetheless, we still stayed up. But that was Absolutely. a case And of, I sort of alluded to, um, we've got tough games coming up and that could be an opportunity yeah. For Gaz to say, look, guys, we need to really up our game here. And it actually could be a good thing for us. And and we could see a run of good results because, again, cliche, but we do lift our performances against the better clubs. We've shown that we've already touched on Oxford um, United and, and Plymouth already, both very good games. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, so actually, we've beat Peterborough and Barnsley. They were fourth yeah, and sixth. Indeed. Indeed. And yet absolutely. We've, um, drew with so actually, Morgan it could be. Lost to every chance to come in our favour. Yeah. So I mean, and I could are, really give everyone a lift. Yeah, there are more sort of here's hoping results. You can you can look into that. Obviously, you look at beating teams like Forest Green and losing to Plymouth, but yeah. you just don't know. And like we say, no, we're perfectly capable of getting a couple of decent results and then losing a couple we maybe expect to. But we will see, and we will have a bit more of a look forward to those games uh, 
at the towards the end of the pod. Now, the other thing that people have been talking about is this new proposed ownership structure. I'm sure people have read a lot into it. We're not going to recover too much old ground. Essentially, the trust was the Wickham Wanderers Trust was in charge of 25%, and they were supposed to put in 25% to the football club. They haven't been able to meet those financial obligations. Wickham Wanderers made three million in the championship, lost three million last season and stands to lose three million again this season that's it in a, in a nutshell and the new proposal is that the Kuigs increase their stake to 85 uh, percent i think it is potentially going up to 90 uh, but certainly have a much larger state say uh, the trust would relinquish some of their control they would keep places on the board they would keep um, the ownership of the stadium but the purpose of it is to so the Kuigs can put more money into Adams Park to improving the stadium, to improve their match day experience and to try and make us, as they want us to be, a sustainable championship club. It's a little bit disconcerting though, isn't it? It's a little bit alarming. I don't think people were quite expecting it and certainly the level of money that the club's losing. That's what's really got the alarm bells ringing. Certainly eye-opening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the fact that, I mean these conversations have to take place um i mean from what i've read i can see the ambition that the kuhigs have for the club um certainly the most practical one that i've been talking about or it's been talked about for years and years probably ever since i've been since you've been as indoor always access mm. and improving the access is, is a very is a very good practical change which is obviously going to cost quite a bit of money but that is a good thing for the club um the other aspects that they touch on is you know making Wickham a championship team all this kind of stuff um I don't know if, if that worries me or not access functional get it but pushing too much and putting too much pressure on Wickham to become a championship team and putting ourselves under that strain does concern me yeah to be because the the worry is that they're going to pour, pour more debt into the team Yes, um, and then absolutely. That's, that's not that's not certainly what, what the Kuig sort of said they were going to do. They sort of wanted to manage the budgets better and try and manage sensibly. Mm. Um, and I mean, I think there are things that really do need improving at Adams Park. The toilets do need changing, you know, and improvement to some of the areas that are nearly 30 years old. Uh, the mm. kiosks as well, they're massively outdated and they could be serving more things. And they have a lot of the improvements of works, sort of having cashless entry. I never a cashless. Uh, kiosks. I mean, I never have to queue for anything at halftime now, partly probably because there's less choice. The fans' villages and things like that are excellent. I yeah. mean, the thing with this road is, I, it's, it's, it clearly would be a good thing to have better access and more pot car parking and people being able to get away and come back, get in and get out a lot quicker. But I just wonder what research they've actually done with the football loving folk of High Wycombe that don't come to Adams Park to know that this is going to do make this is going to make a difference we know it will help we know it will improve but are we going to see are there you know are there sort of a couple of thousand people or a thousand people out there that would actually say right i'm going to come to adams park if or the one reason i don't come to adams park on a regular basis is because it takes so long to get out and i'm just not sure that that's the case so that's a risk in your mind because because Presumably, then well, there's a requirement the that we increase our we increase our capacity off off the back of that. 
because I, I did yes you're right because they said off the back of that it means we can increase our stand doesn't it we can rebuild yeah. um and i agree with you i agree with you and and what kind of research can you do other than actually ask, it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult research to do isn't it and, yeah indeed so i completely agree with you i do I, 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 we've said this before haven't we about wickham um but they've got a very close-knit group of loyal support but outside of that circle it's very difficult to understand if if we can ever get them higher gauge higher attendances and the um, problem apart from from a cup fight a playoff final of course yeah a big problem is is the the location of adams park is because it's so far away from everywhere yeah um i mean if you take something like uh, milton Keynes, people won't like it but it's a good business model because they've got a football stadium right in the middle they've got car parking all around it there's restaurants all around it there's mm. things everywhere and so it works in terms of getting getting people through the door they can come and park up and then they can go go and do the shopping and then go to football and then go out for a meal afterwards and you can't do that at wickham it's it, it kind of locks off as well as the football it'll lock off you know a good 45 minutes of your day either side there was a Wickham fan on the gas room the other week. He said he lived in Winslow. He went to, he went and parked up at his gym, went to the gym, and then walked across the road to, to watch uh, the MK Wickham game, as in, in the Wickham end, obviously. But you can't do things like that at Adams Park. And no, that is no. part of the problem. You can increase the access and you can make, make, make people stay longer and get people in, more people in. But how much difference is it really going to make? Um, I mean, I do think that if you can improve the size of the ground, that would massively help if we are going to get big clubs like uh, like we're going to see in the championship or, you know, even you know, like we've got with Ipswich, I mean, we've got to give some areas of the home support to them to increase our revenue. And you look at, again, mm. people mock Milton Keynes for having a big empty stadium, but they had six and a half thousand Derby fans the other week. We can't do that. We can't even get nice. close to that because we don't have a big enough stadium. And if we did have a big enough stadium, that would create those opportunities, even if you don't fill it every week. It's not necessarily about filling it every week. So I think there are other things to consider. Uh, I'm excited by the proposals, I think, if, if they can improve Adams Park and certainly improve a lot of the things that need improving, you know, the toilets and the access and the kiosks, then great. But there is that concern of the risk. And I just worry whether... Is Rob Quigg a bit naive in thinking we can get to the championship? He's met or stay in the championship. He's mentioned the difficulty of competing with big teams like Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich, and he even mentioned Plymouth. Getting to the championship, there's going to be even more of them. And I know he's not saying we want to win the championship or get into the playoffs, but it nonetheless is going to be relevant that there's going to be at least 20 teams bigger than us in the division. It stands to reason. So, Yes, there absolutely. are some concerns there, aren't there? About there are, and I think you want to be ambitious, but you've got to be realistic with it also, as well. Also, yeah, probably quite a silly little point, but something that I feel reasonably strongly about is the romance of it being a family club, and that nice family feel about it. All you of this big work. To, well, I don't. I just. I think we need to be careful. I mean, he's um, not talking about building a thirty thousand seat stadium. No, by the motorway no. for those reasons. So I think you no. can still keep that and, and still grow. Yeah, and it's important that it's important that he does respect that. And I don't I don't quite know how 
how that can be done but i think it's just important you need to keep the values of a club as well but yeah. i'm sure he will i do i i i think they're pretty embedded in the club now i don't think i don't do anything too radical having said that you're you're quite right if the questions you're asking yeah um it'll be interesting it's, to see how it unfolds yeah it's um not deeply worrying at the minute but certainly slightly concerning and i think there are positives and there are good things that can come out of it definitely but there are also things to be a little bit wary of and maybe Rob's been a little bit naive because of the success he's had since he came in you know he came in his first season we got to the championship and then he he mentions how we would have stayed in the championship but for those first seven games well that's gone now we get into the championship it's not going to be the same story again it's no and it's It's a a different division and it might be it might be harder um, to stay in. I know we were close but it will be it will, well it will be tough um, and I just think he kind of thought oh we have, well look look at how good this side is we got into the championship we nearly stayed up last season we were one game away again mm, mm. and now you're starting to think yeah but we're maybe slightly back at a more natural level at the moment I agree yeah um, don't get too ambitious because you do look at the top of League One and Plymouth you've got Ipswich Sheffield Wednesday you've got Bolton Barnsley Portsmouth and Derby, that's sort of filling out the top top eight, and they're all former a lot of them are former Premier League clubs. And you know, they've got yeah. big fan bases, and it's going to be hard to compete with that. So it is, it is. It's um slightly concerning, but you know, like I said, it could be a good thing as well, you know, if we can see these improvements to Adams Park. But um, as we do come to the end, I mean, we just we have mentioned Portsmouth as a big club, they're the next visitors, the draw specialists. Uh, it's a game live on Sky. How do you see that one going? Uh, is this break going to help good us? Side. I know a lot of Portsmouth fans actually in there. Good side. Um, they've they've, start, they've had a bad run recently, if I if I um, I, I believe they started off very strongly. Uh, I think we'll be. I think we'll do very well to get a draw against Portsmouth. Well, they've drawn their last. They've drawn their last four. So well, I'm gonna I'm gonna err on a side of caution and say <laughs> draw again. Uh, and then sense? and then we uh, we take on Lincoln, who are in ninth. So that's, I, that's winnable, say... I think. Away, away from home, yeah. One point ahead of us at the minute. So Got to be winnable. Definitely winnable. Um, you'd, you'd um, would you take a point with that? If we, I mean, if we beat Portsmouth, I'd definitely take a point at Lincoln. But would you take a point at Lincoln if we weren't weren't to beat Portsmouth? The other way round. I'll take think? a draw. Before, even home and away, respective. I'd have a draw at Portsmouth, and then I'd yeah, but if, if Lincoln, if, we've been really well done well away, haven't we? We've had some yeah, good results away from home. Um. I, I think link yeah i mean looking at where I'll they take are four some of two games is if, if we want to be if we want to be competing for the playoffs that's sort of one we need to go and try and win and then yeah. it's the yeah, big yeah. one before christmas in the shape of ipswich and i think that's well, indeed. very difficult it is. but as some people have said you know when we play against teams that play like us cheltenham cambridge morecambe yeah. who, who do the niggly Honestly. things and run the time run the clock down and that sort of thing we we get a little bit we can't really deal with it and I can't see Ipswich doing that. Mm. Um, so maybe if we can get under their skin, as Cheltenham did when they went away to Portman Road and got a decent draw, then maybe we can get something off them. Should have been a um, sane one, that's for sure. Yeah, um, uh, hopefully. Big swell crowd before Christmas. So, I mean, we, I, I, I'd take a 4 0 home win that game, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'll take a 1 <laughs> Um, So, where are we going to be? Go on, call it. I'm not going to ask you to predict those games individually. You sort of have anyway. But where are we going to be on Christmas Day? What position? Oh, I think more or less where we are now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to say I'm going to say seventh. There we are. 
Seven. That's good. I was going to say sort of about couple ten. Of paces, I reckon right? if we can, because you know these are the sides with certainly um, Portsmouth in seventh and Lincoln in ninth. The two sides we're yeah. really trying to catch. So like you say, if we, as we said earlier, you can get a couple of wins there. All of a sudden, things yeah, are yeah. rosy again, and we're right yeah, on the yeah. cusp of the playoffs. We've caught up the points. Lose those mm. two, and we'll fall into the bottom half. And the second half of the season will perhaps look a little bit bleak. Well, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nonetheless, that's uh, about all we have time for. Um, thank you very much for downloading. As I said, we are on Twitter at Wanderer Podcast. We do hope to be back before Christmas. Simon's off for, to sunnier climbs, so I doubt he will be. Uh, he's going to try and f- follow the World Cup final from, uh, where is he heading? Far East somewhere. Bali. Nice. Very nice. So yeah. we'll, we'll think of you when we're sitting out in the freezing cold watching Wickham draw nil-nil <laughs> with Portsmouth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, Oh, no, that's before you're going. So when we're drawing, when when we're at Lincoln, be port, I'll be at the Portsmouth game. Okay, when 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 we're at Lincoln and it's pouring rain, yes. we'll we'll we'll, we'll sympathise. Thanks for downloading. <laughs> um, it's very much appreciated. Any feedback at Wanderer Podcast? I've been Phil Slatter. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon. Wandering with you.